from the News Channel 5 Network. This is the Tecus McGinnis Elder Care Law Hour. Welcome to the final episode of Tecus McGinnis Elder Care Law Hour. I'm Barbara McGinnis, and like always, today's episode will focus on issues related to advanced age, chronic conditions, and disability. And I'm your host, Tim Tecus. We've enjoyed bringing you topics related to aging over the past three years and hope our shows have given you information you can use. Kicking off our last episode, we're doing a year in review. So for our first segment, our attorney Chris Johnson will be talking about getting your ducks in a row. We are talking with Chris Johnson, a state planning attorney with Takis McGinnis. If, if having a power of attorney or a will or any of your state planning documents has been on your to-do list for a while, He's going to tell us why in 2019 we need to get it together and make it a priority. Welcome, Chris. Good morning. Thanks. Good morning, Barbara. Mm -hmm. Good morning, So, uh, talk about essential documents. What does everybody need? Well, I think the perfunctory documents that you're going to need are a will, health care power of attorney, durable general power of attorney. Those three right off the bat. And then if you're really putting some planning into it, some type of trust associated with. Okay. so. When should someone start need to start thinking about getting documents, so wills, powers of attorney in place? Imme or? Immediately. immediately. Uh, I, it's never too early to start thinking okay. about your estate so plan. So maybe like Brian's two-year-old, you know, he needs to start thinking about that. Uh, maybe no, a little bit. Not, Brian not doesn't need to, the, Brian's two-year-old doesn't need to think about it, but Brian needs to Brian think about it about because it. he has a two-year-old and he wants to make sure that his affairs are in order. So if something were to happen, our future is never promised and we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring and what you want to do is go into every day knowing no matter what happens, I know that those that I might leave behind are going to be taken care of. Whatever stage in life you're in. That's if right. If you're an adult, if 18 an adult, or 19, that's you need right. something. You need something. Once you're an adult, once you don't have your parents taking care of you, you need something. Right. And because tomorrows are never certain, what kind of powers of attorney help us plan for disability? So the most important you can have the first is for a healthcare power of attorney to take care of your medical needs and that's very important because you want to make sure that when you're unable to speak for yourself that you have someone that you've had this conversation with who knows what your wishes or desires are. The worst thing that you can do is leave it up to strangers or probably even worse than that is then leave it up to your family who might have differing beliefs over which what you would what your wishes are that you would want and then what you do is you can cause a disagreement within the family and that can be sad and if you just lay it out and it's not an easy conversation to have but it is one worth having so the worst thing is to have your family involved that, no yeah. if the worst thing is to have your family uninformed not of your uninformed, wishes okay. and yeah. involved because yeah. they're going to be involved no matter what and right. like anything in life yeah. it's better with planning and then along with the health care power of attorney you want to have a durable general power of attorney and what that'll allow someone to do is to take over your financial affairs and ensure that that doesn't turn into a disaster while you're incapacitated and I'm a big believer that it should be a durable general power of attorney and not a springing because a springing power of attorney comes into effect when a doctor or two doctors deem you incapacitated and that can be administratively burdensome and difficult and doctors can sometimes be uncomfortable on what should we you know what should we write and is it going to pass muster you want to have those documents in effect when you need them. You don't want to leave your family or your close friends who you've put in charge scrambling. Mm -hmm. That's right. So you mentioned durable and durable, I mean for us lawyers it means that it's if you're disabled or incapacitated 
the, the document is still in effect. That's correct. With a general power of attorney, if it's not durable, once you lose capacity, that document loses its force. Right. And the springing means that you have to be, as you said, incapacitated before it comes into effect, which sounds like a good idea for some people, but it's not. Well, and that's why yeah. you should never do this planning alone, because those things can sound like good ideas. They can sound like very good ideas. Oh, I like that because I don't want to give up my authority. And I think we're all believers here at this, that if you're going to put someone in that position, that's someone you trust to have that authority, whether you are in full capacity or not. You don't want to put someone, I only want that person in charge, I only trust them if I can't handle things myself, that's probably not the right person. Right. So if you actually do have an estate plan, are you just done or do you need to review it? And how often do you think they need to review? Oh, it's, it's never done. There's a constant refinement right. process. Now you don't have to, it's not something that needs to be updated monthly or sometimes even annually. The things, the triggers I look for are significant life events. Have you added a child? Have you gotten married? Have you had a divorce? Uh, things like that that have significant changes. Are your children adults now? And perhaps that you had some trust uh, stipulations built in that are no longer necessary. And then if you haven't had any major life events, it's always worth it, maybe every five years or so, just yeah. to take a look at it and make sure it's still doing what you want it to do. You know, one thing that we have seen you know, in the documents, that, like clients will come into us, they already have something in place. Right. Maybe they had an estate plan that was done several years ago when there was, you know, they had to do particular types of trust to avoid estate taxes. Right. You know, for most people now, that it's gone from maybe two million or three million to twenty-two million. So a lot of people don't need. That's you know, right. That sounds to me like one of those cases where uh, maybe that's an issue or a, t a time where you need to have it looked at again. Absolutely. There's been a, maybe a change in the law. Yeah. Because they have this, at this point, they what they have is they have a, a beautiful document for the time in which it was drafted, and it's but now executing it could be very convoluted and cumbersome and unnecessarily so. And again, all of this is being done to take care of your affairs when you can't do it, either you're incapacitated or you're not here. And what you don't want to leave is, is make the job hard. You want to keep it clean and simple so that the simpler it is, the more likelihood that your wishes are going to be executed. Um. A, a little bit off track would be, you know, like the boomers generation tends to be a real do-it-yourself generation. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of tools online that make it easy to do estate planning yourself. Yes. But there's reasons to come see a professional. Um, we all believe that. We <laughs> believe there's all reasons to come see a professional. But what, what would some of those reasons be? You have a blended family. It, uh, there are so many, there are countless reasons. A blended family would be a great example because there's, there's going to be some minutia. You know, we always say the devil's in the details and it can be a little more difficult. Something like the springing, which seems like an obvious one. And a lot yeah. of people see that springing term and go, oh, that's for me. But when they have the mechanics actually played out for them, all of a sudden it doesn't seem like such a good idea. And a lot of people hear advanced directive or living will and they're like, oh, I want one of those. But again, when they hear the mechanics of how it's played out, they might say, you know what, I'm happy with a healthcare power of attorney. Right. And so it is worth, it's always worth in life when you can put a professional on the job, put a professional on the job because everyone's situation is different. And so what your neighbor's situation is, is different from yours and you wanna have a set of eyes critically analyzing your specific situation and crafting a plan that works for you and not just receiving the cookie cutter plan. Yeah, I think that's good advice.
So have you, do you see any mistakes that people make? You, you see a lot of mistakes that people any, make. Anything in particular that, that jumps out at you? Um, from from three, you know, three estate planners that's sitting here thinking about all the mistakes that people have. Like, like I think about ones where um, what, what we always say is when you, is, if, if you're married you know, and your spouse becomes disabled or incapacitated, estate planning needs to change. That's right. The, the one that always gets me, and I don't know, it's hard, people, some people might not consider this a mistake, but I am never a believer in co-trustees or co-powers of attorney. Mm -hmm. A lot of people like that, they feel like, well, if the kids are in charge, they should all, we want to treat them all equally. And again, it sounds good mm -hmm. on paper, but what happens is it, it turns into, especially if you have an even number, you can get voting blocks and then you have paralysis by analysis and what happens is your documents aren't allowing the authority to let the things happen that you want to have happen right. and sometimes yeah. a ship needs one captain. Yeah. yeah and what we often say is is that you know these documents are intended to you know that you have one person speak for you. Right. You know you're trying to use them so that, that a, an unrelated third party can hear from a single voice. That's right. So let's not do this by committee. And, and uh, I'm always reminded of the axiom about a committee, that a, a committee can make a decision dumber than any of its members could have individually, because that's just kind of the nature of the beast sometimes. And I think this is one of those times in life where you, you want singularity of purpose and singularity of action. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's generally where we all stand <laughs> on that one. Yeah. Yeah. So. Right. Um, Parting words of wisdom. We got one minute left. Parting words of wisdom. What's the most important thing you can tell people about estate planning? To get it done. It's the easiest thing to put off. That's to me the most important thing. It's one of those things that it's e easy to move it on the counter because you don't feel like it affects you right now. You feel like, well, that's something I can do tomorrow, next week, next month. And then what happens is it's one of those things in life that never gets done. It's the thing on your to-do list that keeps moving to the next to-do list and yeah. the next to-do list. And then what happens is life pops up. Life comes up and grabs you and you're not prepared. And it's so easily done. And once it is done, you have that peace of mind and then mm -hmm. it is yeah. off the table. Okay. If you're in need of a New Year's resolution for 2020, getting or updating your estate plan would be a good one. You can go to our website and find a complimentary estate plan checklist. It's on our website. Feel free to download and now it's time for a break. <laughs>